No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we will see how God gave instructions to the children of Israel to take vengeance on the Midianites because of what they did to Israel at the mountain of Peor. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 31 on Simply the Bible. We continue today in Numbers 31. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel. Afterward, you shall be gathered to your people. God had already revealed to Moses that he would soon pass on. This would be his final act of war before passing on the leadership baton to Joshua. He was to take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel. This was because the Midianites, under the wicked counsel of Balaam, had sent their women into the camp to seduce the men and lead them into the worship of Baal of Peor. God had punished the children of Israel for their part in this great sin, and 24,000 people died. Now God would take vengeance upon the Midianites. When it comes to taking vengeance, the scripture is clear that we are not to take this into our own hands. Romans 12:19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. In this case, the Lord was executing vengeance against Midian, but Israel would be the instrument that he used. They did not take this upon himself. Rather, they would make war by direct commandment from God. As the sovereign judge of the earth, doesn't the Lord have the right to judge people and visit retribution on his enemies as he sees fit? And doesn't he have the right to choose the instrument of his judgment, whether earthquake or plague or sword? Verse 3, So Moses spoke to the people, saying, Arm some of yourselves for war, and let them go against the Midianites to take vengeance for the Lord on Midian. A thousand from each tribe of all the tribes of Israel you shall send to the war. God said that Moses was to take vengeance for the children of Israel, but Moses said that the people were to take vengeance for the Lord on Midian. This was a holy war, and ultimately it was for the glory of God. In following Balaam's advice, the Midianites not only attacked Israel, they also attacked Israel's God. And this they did without provocation. Had they done nothing, the Lord and Israel would have left them alone. For the Midianites were the descendants of Abraham by his second wife, Keturah. But by striking Israel with the one-two punch of immorality and idolatry, they had brought the wrath of God upon themselves. The entire army of Israel would not be needed for this battle. One thousand from each tribe would do. As they armed themselves, they were, in fact, arming the arm of the Lord, which is both mighty to save and destroy. Verse 5. So there were recruited from the divisions of Israel 1,000 from each tribe, 12,000 armed for war. Then Moses sent them to the war, 1,000 from each tribe. He sent them to the war with Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, with the holy articles and the signal trumpets in his hand. 
It's interesting that Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the high priest, would lead them into battle rather than Joshua. This indicates that the war was not so much for conquering as for cleansing. Joshua would be the conqueror who would bring them into the promised land. But Phinehas would lead them against the Midianites, purging this evil influence that had come upon them as a contagion infecting their ranks. On that infamous day at Peor, when an Israelite man boldly brought a Midianite woman into his own tent, it was Phinehas who took a javelin and thrust it through both of them. And in so doing, he stopped the plague and received God's approval. Now Phinehas would lead the army of Israel to execute the Lord's vengeance against all the Midianites of that area. As the master told his servant in Christ's parable, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Likewise, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. It is a holy war against forces of evil that attack people as well as the glory of the Lord. We must arm ourselves by putting on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil and his devices. Practically, this means putting to death the desires of our own flesh so that Satan has no foothold in us. Verse 7, And they warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses. And they killed all the males. They killed the kings of Midian with the rest of those who were killed, Evi, Recham, Zur, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian, Balaam, the son of Beor, they also killed with the sword. In Numbers 25, we were told that Zur was the father of the Midianite woman whom Phinehas had killed. As one of the Midianite leaders, Zur was also killed, along with four other kings and Balaam the prophet. In Numbers 23.10, Balaam said, Let me die the death of the righteous. Instead, Balaam died alongside the wicked, killed by the very people he caused to stumble. People tend to die the way they live. We cannot live like the ungodly and expect to die like the godly. Verse 9. And the children of Israel took the women of Midian captive with their little ones and took as spoil all their cattle, all their flocks, and all their goods. They also burned with fire all the cities where they dwelt and all their forts. And they took all the spoil and all the booty of man and beast. Then they brought the captives, the booty and the spoil to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the congregation of the children of Israel, to the camp in the plains of Moab, by the Jordan across from Jericho. The Israelite officers took the women of Midian captive. We will see that Moses was angry about this, so we must assume that he had instructed them to destroy all the Midianites, or else he assumed that they would. Now, why would they kill all the males but let the women live? Probably because they were attracted to them as they had been earlier. Verse 13, And Moses, Eleazar the priest, and all the leaders of the congregation went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses was angry with the officers of the army, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds who had come from the battle. And Moses said to them, 
Have you kept all the women alive? Look, these women caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to trespass against the Lord in the incident of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. Moses was angry with the officers of the army because he could see them falling into the same trap as before. These were the women who had caused Israel to commit sexual immorality and idolatry and brought about the great plague. Now they were welcoming them back into the camp. No wonder Moses was angry. You know, the list is long of men who have fallen into sin because of women. Adam listened to Eve and ate the forbidden fruit. Abraham listened to Sarah and had a child by Hagar. David lusted for Bathsheba and committed adultery and murder. Solomon's love for foreign women turned his heart away from the Lord. And consider today how many men are in the news who lose their jobs because of sexual allegations. Does that mean that women are evil? It means that the entire human race is evil and totally depraved. It means that we are all helpless, hopeless sinners who stumble ourselves and cause others to stumble. Let's face it, apart from Christ, we are all lost and headed for death, judgment, and hell. That is why our only hope is Jesus Christ, who died for sinners like us, and whose blood is the only element in the universe that can take away sin how we all need to be transformed through the renewing of our minds by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Only then can we avoid Satan's deceitful devices. Verse 17. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has not known a man intimately. This seems harsh to us. Truly it was severe. But Moses knew that the males would grow up and be a snare to Israel. And as for the women, God had already killed the Israelite men with whom they had sexual relations. Should they now be allowed to live? Under the law, the penalty for adultery was that both the man and woman should be put to death. But keep alive for yourselves all the young girls who have not known a man intimately. Now I wonder why Moses allowed this. It seems more to me like the permissive will of God rather than the perfect will of God. They could remove these young girls from their idolatrous culture, but removing the idolatry from their hearts would be much more difficult. Were there not Israelite virgins that these men could have married? But how often young men look outside the church for young women whom they find to be more interesting or more attractive but the scripture clearly warns us not to be unequally yoked. Verse 19. And as for you, remain outside the camp seven days. Whoever has killed any person and whoever has touched any slain, purify yourselves and your captives on the third and seventh day. Even though this was a holy war that was ordered by God, the men were still ceremonially defiled and unclean because they touched dead bodies. They needed to follow the laws of purification found in Numbers 19. Likewise, in our spiritual warfare, we handle much stuff that is spiritually dead. We must be purified by the washing with water of the Word and the Spirit of God. Verse 20. 
Purify every garment, everything made of leather, everything woven of goat's hair, and everything made of wood. Then Eleazar the priest said to the men of war who had gone to the battle, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the tin, and the lead. Everything that can endure fire you shall put through the fire and it shall be clean, and it shall be purified with the water of purification. But all that cannot endure fire you shall put through water, and you shall wash your clothes on the seventh day and be clean, and afterward you may come into the camp. Because of their vile and unclean practices, the Midianites were subject to many diseases that would have infected their garments and wooden items. Therefore, these articles needed to be purified before they could be used. And the metal items that could withstand the fire would have to be purified through fire. Likewise, our faith, which is more precious than gold, is purified through the fiery trials that we endure. The Bible is clear. The vengeance belongs to the Lord and that he will repay in due time. Certainly, his wrath should be respected and not ignored. The good news is that if we have taken refuge in Jesus Christ, then we are not appointed to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation through him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zathman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see how God gave specific instructions for how the plunder from the war with the Midianites was to be divided. It's a lesson on justice and generosity. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.